Dear loving Father in heaven, another opportunity is presented to us to fellowship with you that we may know you. We ask for your grace and your spirit upon us because we are handling sacred matters. So grant us graciously of your spirit and also put your words in my mouth, O Lord. Help me, Lord, to speak blessings to your children that the knowledge of God may increase in the land that we all may be filled with the fullness of God. Take all the glory as you do this. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. February 3. Lover of little children. Then were there brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them. Matthew chapter 19, verse 13 to 15. Children are the Lord's heritage. The soul of the little child that believes in Christ is as precious in his sight as are the angels about his throne. They are to be brought to Christ and trained for Christ. They are to be guided in the path of obedience, not indulged in appetite or vanity. When the disciples sought to send away the mothers who were bringing their little ones to Christ, he rebuked their narrow faith, saying, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. He was grieved that the disciples should rebuke the mothers for bringing their children to him, that his followers should say by word or action that his grace was limited and that children should be kept away from him. A great responsibility rests upon parents for the education and training which shape the eternal destiny of children and youth are received in their early childhood. The parents' work is to sow the good seed diligently and untiringly in the hearts of their children, occupying their hearts with seed which will bring forth a harvest of right habits, of truthfulness and willing obedience. Correct virtuous habits formed in youth will generally mark the course of the individual through life. In most cases, those who reverence God and honor the right will be found to have learned this lesson before the world could stamp its image of sin upon the soul. Oh, that parents were truly the sons and daughters of God! Their lives would then be fragrant with good works. A holy atmosphere will surround their souls. Their earnest supplications for grace and for the guidance of the Holy Spirit will ascend to heaven, and religion will be diffused through their homes as the bright, warming rays of the sun are diffused through the earth. Amen.
The title of our devotion for today is Lover of Little Children. So we are trying to understand the character of God. Remember that when the knowledge of God is in the land, then we shall have peace. Then there will be joy all over. The reason why we suffer in this world, the reason why there is so much death and pain, poverty and woe and sorrow is because of the knowledge of God that is lacking in the land. If you read the book of Isaiah, reading chapter 11, reading from verse 6 to 9, especially verse 9, it says, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. So if this, if we are going to live in a world where there is no hurt or destruction, if we, can, if we want to reduce hurt and destruction in this world as it is because we know that this present world will never come to a place where there is no hurt or destruction, but if we want to palliate it, it is by filling the earth with the knowledge of God. And one thing we learn about God is that He is a lover of little children. Psalms 127 verse 3 to 5 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Amen. What does it mean that children are a heritage of the Lord? Some interpret this to mean God loves us to have children or that children are a blessing from God to us. You know, this reminds me of the Pharisees' superficial understanding of Scripture. The question is, whose heritage are the children? The Bible passage we read says, Children are God's heritage. They are an heritage of the Lord, not your heritage. And they are God's reward. Not His reward to us primarily, but our reward to Him. Anyone who enters into the business of raising children should have this in mind. Hannah understood this. First Samuel 1 verse 11 tells you her mindset. He says, She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Amen. This is a proper understanding of what children are. They are God's heritage and His reward and are therefore to be trained for His glory. God loves little children. Adventist Hope, page 159, paragraph 2 says, Children are the heritage of the Lord and we are answerable to Him for our management of His property. In love, faith and prayer, let parents work for their households until with joy they can come to God saying, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me. End of quote. Amen. And in what we read today, that I may know in page 40, paragraph 2 says, The soul of the little child that believes in Christ is as precious in his sight as are the angels about his throne. They are to be brought to Christ and trained for Christ. They are to be guided in the path of obedience, not indulged in appetite or vanity. End of quote. What does this mean? God's 
gave you those children they belong to him if you have a child or you intend to have one we need a mind shift in case our mindset has been wrong what is the right mindset children are a heritage of the lord not your heritage primarily the child belongs to god he is god's reward do you want to reward god for all he has done for you think like mary like like anna like elizabeth like jochebed what was the mindset these women had expressed in first samuel 1 verse 11 hannah knew that children are a heritage of the lord in other words it is you that owns the child give me the child i will train him for you it's not my property it's not my reward in a secondary sense i agree yes children are a reward to the parents who train them the right way they are a heritage of the parents but not primarily we must understand that primarily the owner of the child is god and if we want to have children we should look at children as a reward that we are giving to god we want to have children as a reward lord take this child it is your own this is my gift to you oh god my child my gift to you is that i want to have a family and i want to give birth to children as a gift to god it is his reward it is his heritage and if it is god's reward then there's a work for us to do to train that child for god when does this training begin it is at the little stage of that child when it's still very tender and like i said children are a blessing to the parents primarily a heritage and reward to god but also a blessing to those who take this heritage of god into their homes and does and they do what they are supposed to do adventist home page 116 paragraph 3 to 5 says the sympathy forbearance and love required in dealing with children will be a blessing in any household they would soften and subdue set traits of character in those who need to be more cheerful and restful. The presence of a child in a home sweetens and refines. A child brought up in the fear of the Lord is a blessing. Care and affection for dependent children removes the roughness from our natures, makes us tender and sympathetic, and has an influence to develop the nobler elements of our character. After the birth of Enoch's firstborn, let us see a child's influence on Enoch. After the birth of his first son, Enoch reached a higher experience. He was drawn into a closer relationship with God. He realized more fully his own obligations and responsibility as a son of God. And as he saw the child's love for its father, its simple trust in his protection as he felt the deep yearning tenderness of his own heart for that firstborn son he learned a precious lesson of the wonderful love of god to men in the gift of his son and the confidence which the children of god may repose in their heavenly father end of quote but let us slow down a bit i have just read some things that shows us how children can be a blessing and you may be feeling oh i want to have my own children so that i can have blessings and yes, I, for me, as I read this, I realize, wow, maybe you are not the sympathetic type. You are not the type who forbears. You are rough. The presence of children can help you to calm down. It can. doesn't mean it will. It may. Because it is not every family that this happens to. The Bible says Enoch, when he had his first child, his first son, it increased his work with God. It, that was when he started to work with God in a different manner. But it doesn't say that about every other man. 
doesn't say that about many other people many people are lost they have children it didn't make them walk with god so slow down just because we've read this doesn't mean now that everybody should rush into giving birth to children we will read other things subsequently that will help us to balance all of this but the major thing we are learning here so far children are god's heritage they are not my heritage they are god's heritage and if i must have them and if you must have them we must have a mind shift looking at them as a reward like like hannah did a reward that we want to give to god but how can we give a corrupted offering to god this tells us that we have a responsibility if we have children and want to give them as a reward to god we must preserve them in purity and holiness because god will not accept a corrupt offering that i may know him page 40 paragraph 4 says a great responsibility rests upon parents for the education and training which shape the destiny eternal destiny of children and youth are received in their early childhood the parents work is to sow the good seed diligently and untiringly in the hearts of their children occupying their hearts with seed which will bring forth a harvest of right habits of truthfulness and willing obedience so this is the work of the parents that is up for every parent if you want to have children remember you have a great responsibility to give that child as a reward to God, uncorrupted, undefiled, pure, and holy. To understand God's displeasure towards parents who do not do their job in training their children with right characters, we only need to look at the way he addressed the sin of Hophni and Phinehas. Take note that God never blamed the two of them. He placed the blame where it should be, on the father, Eli. In 1 Samuel 2, reading from verse 30 to 34, we see how God said he was going to deal with Eli for what he did in not training his children appropriately. Eli will not be in the kingdom of God because he did not train his children for God. And in 1 Samuel 3 verse 11 to 14, when God appeared to Samuel, he said to him, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli, that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Amen. Do you think it's only Eli God has made this decision on? No. There are many other families today that God has said this about them. Because the problem is, the children make themselves vile and the parents do not restrain them. Just put it this way, they did not train the children for God. 2 Kings 2 verse 23 to 25 tells us of another set of children who were not trained for God and what the consequences were. It says concerning Elisha, after he did not go up with Elijah and he received uh, the cloak of Elijah and was coming, passing through a particular place. Some unruly children came there. It says, they came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bowed head, go up, thou bowed head. And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. And he went from thence to Mount Carmel. And thence he returned to Samaria. What does this tell us? Parents need to train their children appropriately. God is not happy when children are not trained well. So, what are the qualifications for parents? What do parents need to know? Yesterday, we were talking about mothers. 
we're looking at how mothers are not to be left alone. This work they are doing needs great education. That the woman is not to be left alone. She needs help. Daughters of God, page 193, paragraph 3. So, what is the training to be received? We'll read now Ministry of Healing, page 380, paragraph 3. It says, Parents need to consider this. They should understand the principles that underlie the care and training of children. They should be capable of rearing them in physical, mental, and moral health. So here now, parents should study the laws of nature. They should become acquainted with the organism of the human body. They need to understand the functions of the various organs and their relation and dependence. They should study the relation of the mental to the physical powers and the conditions required for the healthy action of each. To assume the responsibilities of parenthood without such a preparation is a sin. End of quote. So, if you want to break down what we just read, parents are to study. Study anatomy, study physiology, not the way the world teaches it, but just by functions. Just know what are the functions of the various organs of the body in order for us to keep us in good health. Because when you are in good health, that's when you can do the work of God. That's when the mind is able to receive spiritual truth. Remember that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit of God must dwell in your child, that body must be kept in good health. They must know how to train their children in physical, mental and moral health. Now, the moral part of it means that parents are to know the Word of God. Because however you keep your child in good health, if you do not sow the right seed in them, teaching them the principles of God's word, they will never be children of God. So if you want to be a parent and you are deficient in the knowledge of God, you are going to be a bad parent. If you are deficient in the doctrines of the word of God, you are going to be a bad parent. If you are deficient in the methods of how to communicate the truth to children, you will not be a good parent. You need to know the truth and know how to communicate that truth. You need to have the right example also because your children are going to learn from you. Remember that the character of the home is what will help the child to fulfill God's purpose in their lives. Reading from Adventist Home, page 32, paragraph 3 and 4, we are told, The best test of the Christianity of a home is the type of character begotten by its influence. Actions speak louder than the most positive profession of godliness. Our business in this world is, is to see what virtues we can teach our children and our families to possess, that they shall have an influence upon other families. And thus, we can be an educating power, although we never enter into the desk. A well-ordered, a well-disciplined family in the sight of God is more precious than fine gold, even the, than the golden wedge of Ophir, end of quote. So what does this mean? It shows us once we, what we studied yesterday, that God wants families to be an influence upon other families. But then there must be an educating power. First of all, remember, you may not be on the sacred desk, but it says here that they shall have an influence upon other families and thus we can be an educating power although we never enter into the desk that is to preach on the pulpit you may never preach on the pulpit but your family will be a sermon but how is that done we saw it before that actions speak louder than the most positive profession of godliness little children are very impressionable 
They copy almost everything they see. For this reason, it is very important that we surround them with the right influences. Their developing minds speak everything. At a very young age, within the first three years of the child's life, forces have been set in place that determine the character of the child. At infancy, the mother should begin to patiently but firmly correct every wrong habit and character. This is the only way the children can be sweet, obedient children in later years. Do not wait till they are grown before you begin to correct them. Don't give in to, the, to their every demand. Remember, we've seen that. They are not to be petted and indulged, but we are to use the right means to bring them up, train them for God. Don't wait till they are grown, like I said. Don't give in to their every demand and do not use food to shut them up when all they need is your care and attention. Do not place their TV before them or give them the phones as their educator. But let their amusement come from nature and the word of God be their lesson book. Speaking about the method and how to go about this, we should learn that love is the way. Daughters of God, page 207, paragraph 2, addressing a woman who was not doing it the right way. She had the right intentions, but not the right way. It was said to her, you rule, but not in love. What an objectionable education your children are receiving. It is not right for you to bring up the younger members of, your fa- of the Lord's family as you are bringing up your children. You should teach your children to form good habits. Will you spoil them for future usefulness by neglecting to train them as you should in habits of cleanliness and order? Will you not patiently teach and assist them always to keep their rooms and their clothing in order? That's one thing that was supposed to be taught that was being neglected. Now, talking about method, it says, fretting and scolding will not help to reform your children. In governing them, you should exercise firmness. But with this, kindness should be mingled. Diligently teach them how to be Christians. Never raise your voice in passion. Never strike a blow in anger. For this, in the place of correcting their faults, will confirm them in a wrong course. Remember that they have inherited their parents' dispositions. You have now to meet in your children your own defects of character. Remember that if you speak harshly, you are giving them an example that they will learn to imitate. Sooner or later, they will act towards you in the same harsh manner in which you have acted towards them. Because in the home life, you have set before them a wrong example. Is it not time for you to take up your neglected duties and try to please your husband and train your children aright? My sister, the best thing you can do is to confess your mistakes to your husband and to your children. Tell the children that the harsh rough spirit which you have cultivated is unchristlike. Then say, children, by the strength and grace that Christ gives us, we will now make a decided change. Ask them to help you. Promise that you will help them. End of quote. Wow, such a very humbling thing to do. But then I just read that for us to understand some kind of thing to teach the children and the method. One thing we saw there is cleanliness and order. Habits of cleanliness and order. But then the method is not to be by fretting, scolding, striking blows on the children, but by firmness and what? By love and kindness. Those are the ways to do it. We should always maintain that. You see, the message today is for parents to understand that God is depending on them to take care of his property, the children given to them. Children are a blessing to the world and to their parents if they are brought up in the fear of God. 
When this is not the case, they become a curse to society and to themselves also. The destiny of children lies in the hands of the parents. It matters where and who the children are kept with. God will require every parent to give an account of how the children he gave them are trained. We need to redeem the time. You may be listening to this now and feel discouraged because as you look at the past, you see that perhaps you made mistakes and you did not train your children for God in one area or the other. I want to encourage you, cheer up. What we need to do is to redeem the time. Whatever time you have left, use it to put great effort into remedying the damage that has already been done. But remember that you are dealing with minds. Be sensitive to the mind you are dealing with. Pray very much for your children. Ask God for pardon. Like we read here, you can even tell your children, I did not do the right thing. I brought you up the wrong way. Ask God for pardon. Tell them to pray for you and tell them you are praying for them too. The work is to undo the damage you have done. Be patient and tender with them. Reason with them and pray that the Holy Spirit will work on their hearts as you try to undo the damage done. Remember that God loves little children. He who loves the little children will assist you in your work of training your children. Walk with Him in faith and He will give you the wisdom needed for the job. And in training your children, even if you've not made a mistake yet and they're just little children, remember that whatever characters you're seeing in your children, they're a reflection of your own character. You know, as I was reading that, I could actually see how it is that by the example set by people who surround the child, you see the child doing the same thing, talking the same way, responding to questions the same way, reacting the same way because they learned it from their parents. So it's very important that we Whatever we have learned from our parents that was not good, if you want to be a good father or mother, you have to share those things away. Come under Jesus Christ and learn of him. Drop the bad characters and have the good ones because whatever you are, your children will learn from you. Talking about prayer and the need to exercise great faith in God, I'm reading now Adventist Home, page 266, paragraph 1 down to 267 paragraph 2 to emphasize this in conclusion it says it is impossible to estimate the power of a praying mother's influence she acknowledges god in all her ways she takes her children before the throne of grace and presents them to jesus pleading for his blessing upon them the influence of those prayers is to those children as a wellspring of life these prayers offered in faith are the support and strength of the Christian mother. To neglect the duty of praying with our children is to lose one of the greatest blessings within our reach, one of the greatest helps amid the perplexities and cares and burdens of our life work. The power of a mother's prayers cannot be too highly estimated. She who kneels beside her son and daughter through the vicissitudes of childhood, through the perils of youth, will never know till the judgment, the influence of her prayers upon the life of her children. If she is connected by faith with the Son of God, the mother's tender hand may hold back her son from the power of temptation, amen, may restrain her daughter from indulging in sin, amen. When passion is warring for the mastery, the power of love, the restraining, earnest, determined influence of the mother may balance the soul on the side of right. End of quote. So, my brothers and sisters, 
if you are a parent, especially a mother, and you're not the praying type, let's not say a single person, you need to learn to pray. If you're a wife, you need to learn to pray. You are preparing yourself because when you have children, it's not about how much work you do. Work is very important. Sowing the right seed, very, very important. But you need to pray. And do not neglect the sowing of the seed and say prayer is everything. You are deceiving yourself. Don't say prayer is everything. Education is necessary. The Bible did not say pray up a child in the way it should go. It said train up a child in the way it should grow. So training is very important, but it must be backed up with much prayers as we have just seen. Those prayers are powerful because you are not there to help your child every time. When the child is in temptation, you are not there to direct them. But the praying mother is sending forth power to that child and you cannot estimate how great that power is. Continuing the reading now to tell you how important prayer is that it should not be interrupted by even visitors or anybody. We read, it says you should take time to talk and pray with your little ones and you should allow nothing to interrupt that season of communion with God and with your children. You can say to your visitors, God has given me a work to do and I have no time for gossiping. You should feel that you have a work to do for time and for eternity. You owe your first duty to your children. Before visitors, before every other consideration, your children should come first. The labor due your child during its early years will admit of no neglect. There is no time in its life when the rules should be forgotten. Do not send them out of doors that you may entertain your visitors, but teach them to be quiet and respectful in the presence of visitors. Amen. My brothers and sisters, God is a lover of little children and is interested in the bringing up of these little children. When those mothers brought their children to Jesus, what purpose was it for? It says in Matthew 19 verse 13 to 15 that they brought them to him so that he should put his hands on them and pray. Do you know that the prayer Jesus made for those children, finally, it says that he laid his hands on them. He prayed for them. Do you know how powerful those, that prayer was? That prayer was powerful to help those children to believe in Jesus and to walk in righteousness. Today, Jesus is praying for us and we ought to be praying for one another, especially should mothers feel that it is their responsibility and fathers also feel that it is their responsibility to pray earnestly for their children which God has given to them as responsibility which is his heritage and his reward. God will aid every parent and every praying mother to know, to get the wisdom, to have the knowledge on how to bring up their children and will crown their work with success after they have done all they can and they pray for their children that which they cannot do, God will do for them. Let us pray. Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you that you are a lover of little children. All of us were once children and we know that you care for us. And we pray, Father, that as you laid your hands on children, our Lord Jesus, when he was here on earth, that today, to the praying mothers who are requesting for your help, that you will lay your hands on their children and pray for them. That you will grant wisdom to every parent, knowing that the, ch the child with them is not theirs, but yours. And they are to give that child as a reward to you. I pray that you will help parents to have that mindset, first of all. And that as they bring up the children, that you will help 
that every parent's character will be transformed, that the rough edges will be smoothened, that forbearance, patience, kindness will be called out from every parent because we know it doesn't work like that for every parent. But I pray that those who have the children will have such characters called out in them and you will grant the wisdom to bring up the children for your sake and for your glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. This message was brought to you by the Angel with a Strong Voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org That is www.tawasv.org or contact info at stars.org